Hey, what's up, everybody? How's it going? Hey, Very pretty good. good. How about how pretty about good. you? Good, thanks. Good. Uh, we got another week, another installment of the Disney Co. In the Know Wizarding World Edition. Um, I am Bruce. I'll be your host, and I am joined by Disney Co. In the Know contributor Stephen. Hey, everyone. And Jake. Hello. And Hannah. Hey, y'all. And tonight we are going to be talking about Hogwarts Castle as a queue at the at Universal Orlando um, for the ride Harry Potter and the Forbidden Journey. Um, and for those of you who are new to this show, um, what we do is essentially use Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone chapter by chapter to help guide us in the wizarding world. So we'll talk briefly about uh, events, plots, and characters um, from the chapter that we, we read that week. And then we talk about how the Universal Orlando Wizarding World adapts the book to real life for us as visitors and guests. So that is pretty much uh, the show, th this edition of Disney Coat in the Know. Do you guys have anything to add to that? Did I, did I cover I You did that? a pretty good job of describing it there. Absolutely. Okay. So, and I'd love to uh, get us started off with a quick summary of our chapter eight, if that's good with everybody. I would love that. Let me just say real quick, though, that the show is sponsored by 407 and Beyond Vacation Company, Disney and Universal experts that help plan your family's perfect vacation. So all you have to do is show up, have fun, and create family memories. And as always, our services are free to you. So check us out on the web at www.407vacations.com. So Hannah, thanks for letting me uh, give word to the sponsor, um, which is our vacation company. And please give us, give us a rundown of chapter eight of the Sorcerer's Stone and we'll get right into the Wizarding World. All right, so chapter eight kind of picks up and they're headed off to their first week of classes. Harry is wandering around. He is completely lost in Hogwarts. Um, a little fun fact that they mentioned, I believe, is there is 142 staircases, I believe they say. And these staircases move all around and they make it extremely difficult to get to class. So in the midst of fighting crowds of people, staircases, everyone gawking at him because he's famous Harry Potter and trying to juggle all of the new parts of magic, Harry's having a pretty tough week. Um, he meets a lot of our characters that we're going to see way throughout the book. You've got Peeves the Poltergeist, you've got Nearly Headless Nick, who are the ghosts, some helpful, some not. You've got the professors, McGonagall, who is firm and you do not cross her, and she assigns tons of homework on the first day, which is not a surprise at all. You've got Binz, who is a ghost. He teaches history of magic, and he's so old, one day he got up from his chair in the in the teacher's lounge and he left his body behind and went on as a ghost and just kept on teaching. So he's killing it with the, uh, the, the history of magic classes, still rocking and rolling. And then um, we have Flitwick who um, we'll, we'll kind of see throughout um, teaching charms. And then Snape, the potions master, the one that the chapter is named after. So we have Snape um, who welcomes them all into potions class um, and he, sees Harry's name on the list and is immediately just tries to start basically embarrassing him in front of everyone because he's this famous Harry Potter and Snape is trying to prove that he doesn't know anything. So he throws all of these questions at him, you know, 
what's a bazaar and what do these plants do and what does this potion do and all of this stuff and Harry's like I don't know I don't know and Hermione's sitting over there trying to answer all the questions um, and Snape then kind of goes on to take points away from Gryffindor for things that aren't Harry's fault but he makes them Harry's fault um, and you can see that there is going to be lots of tension between the Gryffindors and the Slytherins especially with Snape as the head of the Slytherin house um, and so they have a pretty rough time in Snape's class, but they head to Hagrid's afterwards for a cup of tea and learn that someone tried to break in and steal the mysterious package that Hagrid took from the vault in Gringotts when they went on Harry's birthday. All right. Very good. Um, yeah, when, when you're reading that, I, I, I can so picture um, the movie scene when, uh, you know, Snape walks in and uh, starts asking questions and Harry doesn't know the answer and Hermione's sitting there with her hands up. Um, and it just made me think of all the teachers that I had that were kind of like that. So um, I felt like I could appreciate uh, where Harry was at. So Yeah, um, and I think they did a really good job um, portraying Snape in that scene in the movie, like from the books. You know, you, you've he's this mysterious guy and he's cold and um they really alan rickman does a phenomenal job i do not think they could have cast that role any better for the movies so i'm really happy with the way that he portrays snape just right from the get-go yeah I, I love the way alan rickman delivers those lines right clearly famous and everything and and um <laughs> and you I know can, if, uh, if harry had read the books a little bit more thoroughly you know he probably would have been able to answer some of those questions so um I on the like first day that's rough deserved. <laughs> i would like to disagree the only person who could answer those questions was hermione <laughs> and then actually i don't think it happens in the book i think it's just in the movie that snape calls her an insufferable know-it-all which i feel like was a like a nice addition um, to the movies because it really sums up kind of, you know, he's making fun of Harry for not knowing anything and then Hermione knows it and he calls her an insufferable know-it-all. Um, but I guess I'm letting my opinion of Snape maybe taint my reading That's, a little bit. That was a good have, I thought that might have been from a different uh, book or chapter or something when he calls her an insufferable know-it-all. Oh, maybe it is. I was thinking it was in this scene in the movie, but now that you mention it, I... She acts like one frequently, so <laughs> it could happen anywhere. Situations. <laughs> well, still, much love to Hermione, though. Uh, yeah. She comes fully prepared all the time. But uh, I do want to say he says it here in this scene, but um, but I don't want quoted with that. So, um, all right. Do, do you guys have uh, anything you want to uh, add to Hannah's synopsis? I think he covered most of the stuff. Uh, you talk about them going to Haggard's and having uh, tea and all that. You left out the delicious rock cakes that they got to eat. <laughs> I did. Uh, I also left out the fact that Hagrid sends Harry mail to invite him to tea because Harry hasn't gotten any mail from anyone and all the other students do. Oh, uh, Hagrid's MVP just, again. <laughs> oh, he is. He wins every time. <laughs> Uh, for, the, for those new to the show, I always say that Hagrid's my favorite character of every chapter. So um, even I the chapters that he's that not in, in. There. Right, even the chapters he's not in, um, unless it's Diddleus Diggle. Um, so he's the only guy who can who can beat Hagrid for my favorite <laughs> character. So uh, let's. Uh, I, I like this chapters. Uh, they still get to describe Coral a little bit, you know, and it's just kind of funny that he's staying in character. You know, he turns pink. He gets embarrassed changes the subject, talks about the weather. It's like it's me on camera. Like, smells like garlic. Right, yeah, it's just, 
you know, he's, it's just funny. They keep describing him this way. And it's, you know, he's, you know, first time going through the story, totally would not suspect him of anything useful at the end. So not at all. It makes you wonder. I'm not sure if it's ever actually brought up or clarified a hundred percent, but like how much of his stuff did he actually do? You know, like someone asks him about a vampire and he kind of changes the subject. Like they ask when they ask for details about it, you know? So is he like kind of like Gildroy Lockhart in that sense that he's created this whole fictional past or, or did he actually do it and he just doesn't want to talk about it because he's got other stuff going on with Voldemort on the back of his head? And that is a really good question. I, you know, like I hadn't really thought about that reading through it, but I think you bring up a really good point. You know, like he supposedly went off to Romania and saw vampires and zombies and whatever, but we all know that he actually met up with Voldemort. So did he just make up that he saw those things in the end? It's a great question. We'll never know. I, I would assume he's actually diabolical because he gets pretty nasty towards the end of the movie when he goes to choke him and things like that. So I think for he might be a Lannister. Yeah, I think I like to think he knows what he's doing. <laughs> That's very true. Yeah, I forgot. I slipped my mind that, you know, he kind of loses the stutter at the end and it definitely is all an act. That was a really good point. Yeah, I'm really big into the uh, just real quick 30 second tangent here or, or side tangent. Um, I'm, I really like the show The Last Kingdom on Netflix. And one of the main characters is this actor whose name escapes me at the moment. But I didn't realize that until like season two of this show. And he, he, he made this offhand comment and um, he wasn't I don't think he was screaming. But I like instantly went, oh, my God, what, who is this guy? It's so recognizable, this voice. And it hit me, oh, my gosh, he's Professor Quirrell. So um, I, I had a fun moment with that. So, um, but let, let, let's use that useless story um, to transition to um, our Universal Spotlight. So um, how Universal Orlando and the Wizarding World um, translates and takes our Harry Potter universe from the novels into real life theme park atmosphere. And um, I think today a good discussion would be inside Hogwarts Castle uh, for the queue of Harry Potter and the Forbidden Journey. Um, because this is the first time that we at, we're getting to explore the castle a little bit and um, kind of learn what's there and, and go to Hagrid's hut. So let's, let's talk about the queue that is um, for Harry Potter and the Forbidden Journey, which is inside Hogwarts Castle um, over there. Um, so who, who wants to start off and uh, start talking about this queue? I will, I will say, though, before somebody does, this is one of the, the better queues that, that's out there. Uh, in recent years, there are some that have surpassed this queue, but this is a really cool queue. So someone uh, t- take, take the wheel and get us started talking about this. Yeah, yeah I think... I, uh, oh. Go ahead. Um, I was just going to say, um, yeah, I think Gringotts queue is a little bit more specific, but Hogwarts is just so nostalgic. Um, you know, we get a little bit of a tour in the book, kind of going through the castle and so forth. And, you know, the castle really comes alive and it's interactive. And, and I just, you know, there's so many things to see along the way. And I'll let you guys talk about that. But I just love that the paintings come to life and they talk to you and they're all moving around. and see the fat lady um as the entrance to the Gryffindor tower and and just the paintings kind of telling their stories and talking to each other just really makes the castle feel alive and it's just hilarious I just I love that part it's a cool detail it recreates that like that sense of magic and wonder you know as you're going into it you have you've 
it replicates the experience that Harry gets in this chapter of like, oh, moving staircases and secret passages and stuff. And you're walking through here and the paintings are actually talking to you. Like that's, that's super cool. It absolutely is. And I think that one of the things that is so um, incredible at this, I know we've talked in some previous episodes about like seeing the castle and how seeing the castle is such a huge moment for Harry Potter fans, but getting to go into the castle and the actual inside of the castle mirroring what the books have as part of the queue for this ride is incredible. I love it because as you walk through, you know, you're going through the halls, you get to see like, you know, some areas that are more like down in the dungeons where like the potions classroom is and the, you know, the mirror of Erised and stuff like that, like way down in the dungeons, you get to wander through the greenhouses where they talk, you know, in this chapter and on many chapters forward about having classes in the greenhouses and you've got the plants that move and sing. And it's just, you feel like you're in Hogwarts and they do such a good job with the moving pictures and the, you know, different inventions and the plants and all of that stuff making you feel like you're actually there and like the castle is alive and moving just like the actual castle moves in the books. Absolutely. And, and while you're, you're on uh, to plants, one of the, the first I'll call um, scenes uh, in the queue is actually going through the herbology section and herbology greenhouse, uh, which is um, just a really nice touch um, because it takes place outside before you get into the physical castle um, inside the building queue portion of this. So um, <clears throat> I really like the herbology greenhouse. I think that's, that's really cool. It does get particularly hot in that section of the queue. Um, if you're waiting outside on a hot day, they do have fans and misters out there. Um, but um, it always, it, it's always nice because there's a drinking fountain right before you go inside and then you get some AC. So um, you do move in from the herbology section. You do move into like this hallway. Um, and, and a neat thing about the hallway is that it has the, I don't know what you would call it, but where like the cylinders that have all the house points. Um, and that's kind of cool because we don't really get to see that in the movie, although we read about it in the book. So that was kind of a nice adaptation, um, for fans who know that to keep points in these cylinders, um, that, um, we don't get to, you know, experience in the movies, but we get to see it in this queue. So. Um, I, I really like that. So, uh, so what else about this queue are we liking? Well, you After mentioned, uh, oh, go oh, ahead, James. <laughs> I was gonna say you mentioned, uh, the greenhouses and, uh, of course that's one of the classrooms, but we get, uh, another classroom, we get the defense against the dark arts room where we get to see some cool stuff like, uh, the skeleton that hangs from the ceiling in the movies. Uh, we got a, a chalkboard with some stuff written on it. I think it mentions Expecto Patronum, which is obviously a very important spell for uh, defense against the dark arts. So it's cool to be able to see, you know, not just like the halls and the generic stuff of the school, but the specific classrooms where this stuff actually takes place. I think one of the really cool things that they do too is they include bits from each like book and movie. So you're not just necessarily walking through like year one Hogwarts, you know, like they've got the Expecto Patronum spell up there. They've got the Pensieve in Dumbledore's office. I believe they may have had some potted mandrakes in the greenhouse. So there's like little like fun tidbits from each year spread throughout the castle, which I think is really cool just to pick up on all those fun little things as you go. Let's, let's talk about how cool it is to be in Dumbledore's office because I didn't mention it right off the bat. I was waiting to see if someone was going to mention it. Um, so I'm glad you did because Dumbledore's office is my favorite part of this queue. Um, it, it, 
it has so many details. It just feels special to think that, hey, that is where Dumbledore sits or sat. Um, and to me, that's my favorite part of the queue. So is this your guys' favorite part of the queue? If not, what is your favorite part? Mm. I would say my favorite part is either the hall with all of the portraits in it because it's so fun. Like they have all of the founders up there and different characters and stuff. So I think that that's really cool because it really feels like a piece of Hogwarts and it's something that you don't necessarily, it's not like a clip right out of the movies, but you feel like you're getting more into the books. Um, but I also really love the Gryffindor common room just because like, it seems like such a mundane place, but like what makes up Hogwarts is the four houses and getting to walk through the common room and feel like a student in the common room is something I really enjoy. Yeah, I liked Dumbledore's office, but I like that they have a lot of scenery or places where you can actually take pictures, like the entrance to Dumbledore's office and the like statue of, what is that, a griffin, right, where um, the staircase would be revealed from the movies or the books, just to be able to take a picture there or a picture in front of like the cylinders with the house points, um, you know, the fat lady, the mirror of error said. They definitely have those moments, um, again, like Jake said, not generic stuff that make it feel like the castle from the movies. And you can take those pictures there. And that's kind of what I like is just the small, unique things along the way. Probably not one room in general, just all those different moments where you can stop and say, hey, I really recognize that. Yeah. So your, your favorite thing is all the, the nostalgic aspects of the queue, um, which that makes total sense to me. Jake, what about you? Um, I kind of touched on it earlier, so I'm not going to spend too much time uh, going on and on about it. But I think it is a defense against the dark arts classroom for me, uh, just because that's a classroom that has so much like personality of its own throughout the series. You know, it's it's the only one that sees like constant turnover in teachers. So we get to see it evolve throughout the different professors and stuff, you know, different professors focus on different things and specialties and subjects in there. Uh, and it's just where a lot of stuff takes place. It's a really important. Uh, room as far as the series is concerned. One of the things I love about what they do in the Defense Against the Dark Arts Room and Dumbledore's office is they have like pre-recorded holograms of the actor who plays Dumbledore and then Harry, Ron, and Hermione like in character as them talking to you and interacting with you, which I think makes it also feel so much more alive and realistic because they like shed the invisibility cloak and start talking to you. And so you feel like you're at Hogwarts and interacting with the students too, which is really cool. And I love that they incorporated the holograms along with the actual like physical aspects of the queue. Yeah, that, that's so true. Uh, do you guys have uh, anything else you want to, to talk about this queue? I will say that the, um, the queue is so good. Um, it's definitely part of the experience of the attraction, Harry Potter and the Forbidden Journey, and the ride lives up to the queue. So in another episode uh, of this, um, in another installment, we will talk about Harry Potter and the Forbidden Journey as a ride and take you through all the ride scenes. Uh, but today we're focusing in on the queue, and I will say that the ride lives up uh, to this great queue. But I will leave it open if you guys have anything else you want to add about it. Yeah, one little thing uh, that I would have liked to see. I don't know if it would have been possible. Uh, but, you know, we talked about the moving staircases earlier and, like, little details. There's 142 of them or whatever. It would have been really cool to uh, see some staircases worked into it a little more just because I feel like that's a pretty iconic part of, uh, of Hogwarts. You know, that scene in the first movie where there's all the staircases moving around and stuff. 
uh, I don't know how that would have worked. So I can't like blame them for, for not putting that in, but I just think that would have been a really cool addition if it could have worked. Yeah, I, I agree. That would have been a cool addition. I, I do kind of wish that that was in there. So now that you mentioned like that trick step halfway <laughs> up the staircase <laughs> might've been a little annoying for, uh, for <laughs> riders. But... <laughs> I feel Definitely like a safety they, hazard. they could have done something really cool with like a, a distant perspective. So done like very small ones, but up high to make yeah. it look like you're standing way underneath them. And then they would have been moving, but not had to worry about the safety aspects for, you know, the queue guests. Um, so who knows, maybe they'll renovate and add. I, I think that's a good idea. And I, and that's what I had in mind when Jake had, had mentioned that, that, you know, using some forced perspective where you're looking up, um, and the staircases are really small, um, that, that would be cool. And they could just like be moving back and forth motorized. That'd be pretty neat. Well, Hey, someone get universal on the phone. We got a great yeah. idea. For <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm sure. Well, Hey, they, they, they do have some downtime right now to do some reno. So, uh, <laughs> we'll make a call. So, <laughs> all right. Um, so in this chapter, chapter eight, um, the students, um, also go down to Haggard's hut. So let's briefly talk about Haggard's hut over in the queue for Haggard's Magical Creatures Motorbike Adventure. So I know that's a separate attraction, but we do get Haggard's hut here um, in this queue. So let's just briefly touch on um, this, this one point. So I, I will say that um, this attraction sits behind Hogsmeade and the castle. So you're kind of um, in the queue and Hogwarts and Hogsmeade's on your left-hand side. And so is Hagrid's hut. And outside of Hagrid's hut kind of has this double hut going on. And then outside is all of his vegetables, especially uh, pumpkins. And they all look like they're half eaten. Um, so do you guys have anything you want to mention about this? I did want to, uh, make sure we touched on it since the students definitely were there in the chapter. Uh, that scene or that the way it's portrayed in the queue, uh, especially reminds me of prisoner of Azkaban, uh, all the stuff with Buckbeak going on. Uh, that's what it, it really made me think of with the pumpkins, especially when they're back there trying to keep them hidden and stuff like that. Yeah, I would say that they probably took that theming from Prisoner of Basquiat, don't you guys think? Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, that outdoor scene for sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, you, can't, you don't go in it. Um, you only see it from the outside. So there's only so much we can discuss about it. But, um, but I did want to make sure we gave it some love. Uh, so anything, anything you guys want to add to Hagrid's Hut inside um, Motorbike Adventures Q? No, yeah, there's not much to add, so I'm with you. <laughs> not as many uh, details. Or no. <laughs> as, uh, it's a cool walk. It's really cool. It uh, is. It just doesn't have all the little things that the Hogwarts one has. Yeah, that, that's true. Um, yeah, 100%. So, all right, so let's, um, let's transition out of Universal. Yeah, um, it's been that kind of day. So Universal Orlando, I'm just learning how to speak. Um, and let's transition to Warner Brothers Studio Tour. So that takes place in London. And this is the movie sets of these famous iconic scenes from the movies and the books. Um, there, almost everything inside the queue for Forbidden Journey is um, a movie set at Warner Brothers Studio Tour. I'm not going to go through everything at, uh, that's in the tour. We will save that for later episodes and installments of this show. Um, so I want to talk about two, two scenes uh, very briefly. Um, two movie sets, excuse me. One is the, the model castle. And so this takes 
this model castle is at the end of your tour. Um, so we spent about four plus hours on this tour. This, this hit about hour three and you walk into this big room and there's this model castle of Hogwarts and it includes everything. Hagrid's hut, you know, Whomping Willow, uh, the forest, all the way down to the boat dock where uh professor snape dies um spoiler alert um so um yeah spoiler alert came a little late there um <laughs> just a little <laughs> just to say that before you give oh oh before um <laughs> so i thought okay um yeah i, I was going to keep joking about that so but um so really cool model castle um it is one to 24 scale um it is 50 feet in diameter so this is not just walking in and it's like this Hogwarts castle made of um, Legos, right? We're talking, um, it, it is a big room and you walk around the room and around the castle. Uh, so just 50 feet in diameter. Um, they do change the lighting um, in this exhibit so that you can see the castle in the nighttime and the daytime. And so every four minutes, the lighting changes from light to dark. Um, and it is covered in snow. So it is a snowy scene that they have set um, there at the model. Um, another fun fact is that there's 2,500 fiber optic lights on this model and it was used for parts of filming. So um, do they have any scenes set up on the model for you to see as you're walking by, like any see, like, you know, them, you know, fighting, throwing snowballs at Malfoy and Harry's hiding under the cloak. Do they have anything like that set up on them? Good question. Um, and the, the short answer is unfortunately no. So there's no like figurines of characters or anything like that it's all just environment and the castle and the grounds. So, uh, but it is really, really impressive. Um, and it, it, it's so funny because you know, it's a model, but when you're there looking at it, it's like, oh, that, that's what, that, that's it. It's only 50 feet in diameter, but it just feels like, oh, that is Hogwarts. Um, it is down to the most minute detail and it is really cool. So, um, I did definitely want to mention that. Anything you guys, um, want to mention about, about the, the model castle? Just a real quick point of clarification. Did you say 50 feet or 15 feet? Oh, uh, 500 feet in diameter. No, I'm joking. Uh, no, 50, five zero. So, okay. That's, uh, that's, that's pretty big. big. Yeah. yeah. Jake, Jake, you are a Lego expert, right? I don't know if I'd say expert. Okay. Uh, so you are a Lego master fan. Uh, fan. Let's go fanatic. <laughs> okay. Right Lego there. fanatic. Um, what, uh, how big is approximately is the Lego version? of the castle the biggest lego version of hogwarts i think is around three feet maybe okay uh, like from one like it's its longest point okay um, so for our viewers and and listeners just imagine lego hogwarts plus 47 feet right so uh <laughs> it's uh it, it's pretty big so um as you'll see um, with the, the photos in this video. So the other, the other touch point I wanted to talk about real quick in this tour is Snape's potions, um, office down in the dungeons. Um, you get, you get to walk in it, um, not all the way in it. Um, there, there's certainly a railing, but it is really cool to be down there. They have Snape's costumes. Um, it is dark and, um, it, it is just a really cool place to be. So obviously, um, 
the this, the movie sets at Warner Brothers Studios tours are so much more in depth than Universal Orlando, but that's not a knock on the Wizarding World whatsoever. I mean, these are the authentic movie sets, um, and Universal Orlando does a great job of adapting movie and book to real life theme parks. So uh, when you're looking at these photos in this video and you're like, oh wow, um, that's that's even way above and beyond Universal, of course, because that's that's the actual movie set. So. Um, I, in other episodes, we'll talk about Dumbledore's office, which we talked about in the queue, um, and a bunch of other stuff. So, um, so yeah, that's all I have to add on Warner Brothers Studio Tour. Do you guys have anything you want to add to what I said or um, ask any questions about that? Do you get to mix any potions while you're there? No. Um, no, you don't, unfortunately. So. Is it just geared towards Snape, or do they throw some Slughorn stuff in there as well? Because we do see him as a potions master, book six. Yes, good question. And the answer is yes, they do. They also, at least when I was there, they had Snape's outfit and Slughorn's outfit. So um, they give, you know, homage to, to both potions professors. So, um, so yeah. So anything else? We're good. Burned out of Warner Brothers Studio Tour uh, for this segment. Um, so yeah, so let's, um, let's wrap up the show forecasting what we have coming up. So um, we call this the divination section, just where we, we're we doing some forecasting of what happened in this chapter or what we discussed at Universal that's going to come back and we're going to see it again. So um, Stephen, why don't you kind of give us our, our first one? Sure. I just have a small piece of information of some masterful teaching by our potions professor here. Um, one of the questions that Professor Snape asks Harry uh, is about a bezoar, um, like stone found in the intestine of a goat or something. Um, and this Which where actually, else would it be, right? I mean, where, <laughs> naturally. I, you know, yeah, naturally. A uh, stone in the stomach of a goat, right? <laughs> Absolutely. But this is uh, something that can be taken to help um, remedy most poisons. And it actually comes up in the sixth book when Ron is poisoned in Slughorn's office. And Harry gives him the bezoar to kind of save his life. And um, it's thanks to Snape. We find out in book six why he remembers it so well. But, you know, just the fact that, you know, this, this professor is bringing it up so early on in day one just really kind of shows that he knows his stuff. Yeah. And actually the, the other things that he uh, quizzes Harry about make appearances in the series as well. Uh, not quite in as big of roles as, as that, but uh, we see was it Wolfsbane is the potion that uh, yes. Lupin needs to take to suppress his werewolf symptoms. And um, let's see, let's see the one draw of living death uh, comes up at the start of book six. That's what Slughorn has to make is the contest for uh, the Felix Felicis. So a lot of uh, foreshadowing with those. That That's a lot of foreshadowing just in that, that one scene. <laughs> but um, you think that was planned? Uh, I don't know. That's she might have gone question. back to it or something like, yeah. oh, what I'm kind of potions to... have I mentioned before that I can use for this book? But yeah. I, I have feel like question. we've talked about it a lot on the podcast so far. There's a lot of uh, little things that have been planned out really far ahead already. So it wouldn't shock me if she planned from the beginning to use them all. <laughs> Sure. Yeah, wouldn't surprise me either. I do have a question that I want to pose to you guys, and I know we're not medical experts, but does a bezoar help fight off COVID nineteen? Do we think it would? Do we? I personally cool would did. say 
I would say no, because it's specifically supposed to cure all poisons, correct? Whereas okay. this is a virus, not a poison. Okay. That would yeah, be you bad. had to go technical on us. I did. I did. <laughs> so, all right. Very good. Does, well, does anyone have anything else they want to add before we uh, wrap up the show? I don't think so. Nope. All right. I think sometimes Stephen and I are going to have to to duke it out over Snape, but we'll save that for a later episode. <laughs> Just to clarify, Hannah, uh, I know Stephen is a huge fan of Snape, I'm, so I'm guessing that you are not. Mm-mm. No. Okay. Well, that will definitely have to be on one of these episodes. You must not have finished the last book yet, then. <laughs> oh, no, I finished it. I finished it a long time wow. ago. Mm-hmm. Wow. I have many thoughts on that we can discuss later. <laughs> Okay. Um, well, I hope that Jake and I are here to, to, to see you guys duke it out over that. So, uh, <laughs> <My> <laughs> moderators. <laughs> right. So, all right. Well, excellent. So Steven, uh, Jake, Hannah, thanks for being on to, uh, tonight's show, um, covering universal Warner brothers, um, uh, specifically Harry Potter and the forbidden journey queue. Um, for those watching and, and listening, please subscribe to our channels on iTunes on, on, and on YouTube. Excuse me. Comment in the sections below what you like about the queue, what you like about the ride, anything that's Wizarding World um, related. And if you've been to Warner Brothers Studio Tour, let us know. Let us know what you thought about it. What did I get right? What did I get wrong? Um, we would love to hear from you. So follow us on Facebook at 407 and Beyond Vacation Company. And to stay in the know with the latest uh, Disney and Universal News and podcasts. Check out our articles at www.forestandvacations.com backslash in the know. So guys, stay well, stay healthy, and I will see you in episode nine. All right. See you in nine. Thanks for having oh, us. All right. See you later, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.